Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Pollocker is my home, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome back. This is episode 32. Good, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well, and my week was good. And how was your week? Um, It went by so fast. I couldn't even tell you. i just been working. Tell me about it. i just been working. Got me working, working day, day and night. <laughs> Well, so welcome to the show, all our listeners and viewers. And as always, if you're familiar with the show, we start off with our Wow for the Week. And this one comes from Audrey Lord. And she says, I am deliberate and afraid of nothing. I picked this one out because it's very strong. It's very bold. And, you know, I like it. It's courageous. And I believe that her intentions is to resist and speak out against wrongdoings um, that happens to women, particularly African-American women. Um, and she says she's deliberate in what she's doing, and y'all don't scare me. So that's what I take from it. What about you? I agree. I mean, it sounds as if this quote is pretty self-explanatory and straightforward, and it is, but I considered who she is, and Audre Lorde is, um, you know, she was a, a writer, a professor, a philosopher. She was an intersectional feminist, a poet, and a civil rights activist, and she described herself as a Black lesbian, feminist, socialist, mother, warrior, poet. And she dedicated her life and talents to confronting all forms of injustice because she believed that there is no hierarchy of oppression. So to me, her identity was reflected in her work. So I think she embodied fearlessness and she was very intentional about lifting her voice and being unapologetic about it. And this is personally an inspiration to me, and it encourages me to speak the truth in love and without a spirit of fear. These are indeed words of wisdom. Yeah, so that's Audrey Lord. I am deliberate. And afraid of nothing. nothing. Let us move on. I like it. I like it. I really, really like it. 
Oh, yes. We move into our plug one. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so today I want to talk about something that I use on a daily basis, and that is Caltrate. Now, Caltrate is basically vitamin supplements. These are calcium supplements. And I am a woman of a particular age. And being a woman of a particular age, <laughs> over 50, um, I was diagnosed with what's called osteopenia, I think it is. So osteopenia is basically a step before osteoporosis, which is basically when your bones are brittle. Um, so, I mean, it's a natural uh, progression that happens when you age is that your bones are, are become less dense. And so I took a bone density scan and it showed that it, there was starting to decrease the, the density of my bones has started to decrease as, you know, a natural occurrence of aging, which I am doing gracefully and embracing in every, <laughs> in every way possible. So in, in order to uh, reverse that trend in my, you know, the density, less density in my bones to reverse that, I take this Caltrate every day. And I also do resistance training. And that's just going to make me continue to age gracefully. This particular one also has vitamin D in it, which I also have a deficiency of, and that's also very common in black people. So this is something that I use every day, Caltrate. Okay. Let us move on. All right, so we're gonna get, get into what's happening around, you know, the world and our country. So let's take a look at what's going on. Let's do that. And we start. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. So Mel Tucker, who is on the right, if you're watching us on YouTube, and uh, I think Brenda <laughs> Tracy is on the left. Michigan State has he, Mel Tucker, was the head football coach at Michigan State. Dr. A, let me ask you a quick question. I'm looking at the picture, and Mel Tucker happens to be uh, a black man. And is Brenda Tracy a white woman? She, she looks white in this picture, but I'm not sure. She could be a light-skinned black woman. Um, you know, that's a good question. She looks that way. She has light eyes that are her natural eyes straight here but i don't know if that's a wig um i get it she might seem to have some african-american features mm -hmm. so i don't know but yeah let's say this. she's a woman right <laughs> so we'll go with that and um long story short she said he she said she was being sexually harassed by Mel Tucker. Um, Mel Tucker says the claims are bogus and everything they did was consensual. He 
one of the incidents was he masturbated on the phone with her. And this was supposed to be with, without her consent. <clears throat> and so um, Mel Tucker had signed a huge contract with Michigan State. And they're trying to fire him with cause so they don't have to pay the remainder of that huge contract. Hmm. <clears throat> now, in cases like this, we have to walk softly um, because as far as evidence that has been presented, mm -hmm. there's no evidence to say if he harassed her or if they had a consensual relationship. Right. There was an ongoing investigation, but the investigation had not been completed. So we don't know for sure what the truth is. Well, he copped to, or another word, admitted to a having, yeah, everything being consensual. So he's not running behind it and saying none of this ever happened. He's saying like it happened consensually. So, you know, Mel Tucker is married with two beautiful children. Um, and this is a shame. And that's why I said, even if today what burns me, even if you do have a consensual situation in the workplace or anywhere, really. But that's a it's that's dangerous. A, that it's is because they could they could claim harassment, sexual harassment, sexual assault. It's it's dangerous out here. Um, and I know some right. people will, uh, will get on get on me about that, but I don't care who you are. If you have a son, you have to tell your your son to be very very careful. And not that women shouldn't be careful either. Um, but right now I'm just talking about men, you know, mm -hmm. you take this step and you think there's something consensual. Once the claim is put out on you that it was sexual harassment, it dirties your name. Right. Because she's claiming that these, it, she, these advances were unwelcome. So she obviously, he said it was consensual. She disagrees. So someone can, yeah, I think you're right. Someone could always say, well, he said it was consensual, but I said it wasn't. You know what I mean? And who are they believing? Exactly. And, and that's why I asked the question about her race, because unfortunately, race is always an issue and a factor in America. So it does make a difference. I mean, I looked it up. She's she's mixed race. She okay. describes herself as mixed race, okay. but she does look like she could pass as a white woman. Um, and we we know the uh, the weight. We know the weight that white women's tears in this country hold. They carry great weight. Um. Are you are you implying that if this was a a black woman because she is a mixed race that, that it wouldn't carry weight? Well, I mean, 
this is just one issue, I'm not claiming that because we have to consider the totality of the circumstances here. And I think that Mel Tucker is saying that he it, it, he was basically terminated um, unjustly. Um, but I think you have to factor in the you have to factor in that this is Michigan State University, and that this is the same university that Larry Nasser La Larry Nasser was at and 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 because of Larry Nasser who was the former team doctor for the United States women's gymnastics team because of his uh sexual abuse conviction Michigan State University had to fork over a 500 million dollar settlement to the survivors of this sexual abuse so didn't I mean, shouldn't Mel Tucker have considered that before he decided to have an affair, whether it was consensual or not, with a woman at this university? That's got to be about the dumbest thing that somebody could do, knowing that Michigan State University is going to be hypersensitive about these types of allegations. And that's why now he's upset with the timing of it. That's why they were trying to quietly conduct the investigation to find out the truth before they made any type of decisions on what should happen here. But when the, when the investigation got leaked and the information got out, that equals public relations nightmare for some, for a university that has already forked over $500 million from their endowment that they probably can ill afford to pay. And they don't want to have to pay more money. It, it wasn't, so, it wasn't about, that's what I think. It wasn't to me about the money as much as the PR, you know, um, well, yeah. public re relations, because there was a lot of women with the gymnastic team. This is one woman. So she wouldn't equate to the same amount because that money was distributed over a lot of different uh, victims over years that he did this, that Nasser got away with it. Also, <sighs> We can lambast um, Mel Tucker if we want to. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, I don't know, this might sound cheesy. It, it's, it could be a matter of the heart, you know, that he really was liking her and he may, you know, have fell in love with her. So you can call it stupid, but that's neither here or there. Like, was it consensual? Okay. Or was it he, he was just wrong all the way around, though, because as you mentioned, he was a married man with two children. So and you're I already starting off wrong by okay. committing okay. adultery. So I, I want I want folks to, because you, because right now, finished, you, we, we turn it biblical when we say that. We turn what? We turn it biblical when we say that. So you don't think wrong or it's not what I it's not about my re religious beliefs though. We I'm not I'm not even really bringing it. I'm just saying that he's being unfaithful to someone. He cheated on his wife. Like that's not cool. But that's not the most important factor to me though. Oh, hold on. Let me say this. That's just a factor. That's not Let me the most say important. this. Let me say this. We're adults, right? Do mm -hmm. people cheat and have affairs? Yes. All the time, right? Yes. So this should not be shocking. It's not You're shocking. Stage, but, you, but what I'm saying to you, Dr. A, is 
You know the situation. This is Michigan State University. They already paid out this big settlement. You know these people are going to be super sensitive to sexual abuse or sexual harassment allegations. So why would you, have you ever heard, Mr. Mel Tucker, have you ever heard of the phrase, you don't poop where you eat, right? So you having an affair at work. That's number one. That's a problem. Number two, the history. No, in the work. She didn't work. I know, but she was hired by the by university. Him. By him. To speak. OK, hired by him to speak. And that's what makes it even more egregious. It's like, are you serious right now? You hired this woman to come in and talk to your players about sexual abuse and, and this type of, uh, of behavior and why you shouldn't do it. And okay. then you go. And put okay. yourself in a situation to be to be accused of the same okay. thing. Like, are you? See, I see, I see, let, let, let me let me throw some water on that's your fire. Bro. To be let me throw some water on your 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 fire your fire real quick, because I see you gesticulating and moving your head. No, and you because this is crazy. I just let you talk. Knowing all what you just said, uh -huh. they still he still went on with that. Think about that. Knowing all of this, he still went on with that. Oh, so you're saying he fell in love with this woman after she I, came I, said, I don't know, but I'm saying even after everything you just said, which I agree with you, actually, he still went on with this. So right. he's sacrificing everything. So he must have some trust in her. For him to move on, he must have trusted her. Do you get what I'm? Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I I, I understand what you're saying, but okay. Out of all the women in the world that you could, it, you but that's not somebody you working. I just don't with. find it. It's not credible. I don't believe that he's gonna fall in love with this woman in that short period of time. She came to speak at a school, and now you done fell in love. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 what? She you, came to speak at the school. Now you in love. Is that what you're trying to tell me? How are you going to measure when somebody falls for somebody or not? Who are you? The 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 love meter? Come on now. What are you talking about? No, but you agree you don't poop where you eat, right? That's a philosophy I have. But you know what? Right. We're doing it all the time. That's dumb. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I want to be on your side, brother, but sometimes... Wait, 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 wait. wait. You so, got to wait, expect wait, wait, what wait, you, wait. you got to expect. You're, you're saying his decision to mess with her was wrong. You're, you, you know, or attempt to mess with her or whatever is wrong. You're not saying that he sexually harassed her. All of it. That's what I'm saying. This is wrong on so many levels. No, 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 and no, that's no, why no. I started with you. I started with you're married, number one. So you're cheating on your wife. That's that what so many, he's wrong on so many levels. That's my point. Let's talk this. Him cheating on his wife is not a fireball offense, right? I'm just saying, Shantae. No, I'm trying to ask you where you are with it's the not. Arrest. It's not a crime to commit adultery. Right. Crime. No, no. I, I said a fireball offense. No, that's not. This is the same thing that happened with the coach in the NBA. Remember, he had an yeah. affair with an employee that. And so this is what I'm saying. People, are you paying attention to the news? Like, why would you even take that? chance? I, I, I just don't get it. I honestly, I don't I'm trying understand. to understand. I don't understand feelings. Period. I really don't know. So you have to have enough. You have to have enough self-control to make a use your mind and make a logical Rational 
listen, decision listen, and choice. Listen. And the this is totally illogical <laughs> and totally irrational. You cannot yeah. disagree with that. Okay. I don't care. Love. No, no. You're, you're no. turning this in, into a straw man's argument because we're not arguing what he should have done. So that's why I keep stopping you. Okay, I don't what, what, what's the issue? What's the issue if it's not the what issue, he did? Was it sexual harassment or was it consensual? And what that's I, the issue. That's okay. the issue. That's why he ain't he ain't okay. getting fired because he cheated on his wife. I know, but what I'm saying to you is it should be irrelevant. It should have when he when he had a thought process about it, it no, should have been irrelevant whether or you're basically saying he could have prevented all of this. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, you could prevent right. it by not pursuing someone. It already happened. So let's stop talking about what he should have done. He did it. Okay, but okay, so it was consensual, right? Well, that's what, what that's what he's right. claiming. That's what he's claiming. And so right. what I'm saying is you've now put yourself in a situation where there is her word against your word. And right. so and they're and they're taking her so word right now because of what happened at Michigan State before. They're like, well, we don't want another PR nightmare, but now they're trying to fire him so they don't have to pay him. But what did he think was going to happen? That's nothing, what I'm saying. Nothing, because he didn't think this lady was going to open up her mouth and say something. Well, we don't know who said something first because she also claimed yeah, that sure. her name was leaked. She claimed that her name was leaked. Right. Oh, and then she went to the administration and said, something needs to be done because my name is leaked. So that implies that she didn't want information. Yeah, Mel, Mel Tucker so said, now it's a Mel question Tucker of said, who's telling, who leaked it. Mel Tucker said the same thing. That that right. information, because they, they knew since last December. Right. But what I'm saying to you is you can't, you can't you can't accuse her of leaking information. I didn't accuse her. I didn't even. You said you, but you said the information came out, and so therefore they. I did not. I said that I'm talking about was it consent or was it sexual harassment? That's it. Right, and they were trying to quietly handle everything and investigate to find out whether it was consensual or they, not. They, and Mel, they until they you can state leaked it. Huh. Mel Tucker believes Michigan State leaked it. Because now it's all out there in, 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 in the court of public opinion, he don't look good. What I'm saying to you is what he cannot expect for this university to do anything other than what they, they are doing. No, Once he can expect to get paid. They're firing him with cause and he's saying, no, nah, this was consensual. So, okay. So how is how is he going to prove that it was consensual if she's saying that it wasn't? Well, we don't. That's what we have to find out. We don't know if he has evidence. He's on. They're having phone sex, and phone sex. Right. She said he masturbated on the phone, which is crazy to me because I'm thinking, okay. If that's not something that you wanted to participate in, why are you still holding the phone and able that's to what, and, and, and able to, and able to testify that he was masturbating? Right. Like, in the article, he says she never hung up the phone. Right. I, so, I want to wrap this up because we got to get to these other stories. But okay. the thing about it is, I tell men like in the workplace, you don't really 
even need to talk to these women because they can get you on anything. Men don't poop where you eat. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, Men, or, women, or, or, non-binary, don't poop where you eat. Or just, or just don't poop. <laughs> <laughs> Let us move on. All right. All right, so this is our next story. Judge Tanya, I believe, is chucking. Um, President Donald Trump wants her to recuse herself from the case he's she's deciding over, presiding over, I should say. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, and this is the, she's presiding over uh, the case in connection with the January 6, 2021 uh, insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Right. And so, yeah, his judges are his judges. His lawyers are trying to get her to recuse herself from this case based on statements that she made in connection with other cases that are related to this, but where other members, uh, other people who participated in the insurrection were charged. And so she presided over those other cases and she made statements that they are saying basically show that she are she's biased against Donald Trump. So, I mean, I'll be honest, the bottom line for me is I wish that she hadn't made those statements in connection with those other cases. And I can tell you what, let's, let's just, let's just talk about what she said. In connection with the other cases that involved other people who participated in this insurrection, she stated, the people who mobbed that Capitol were there in fealty, in loyalty to one man, not to the Constitution, of which most of the people who come before me seem woefully ignorant, not to the ideals of this country, and not to the principles of democracy. It's a blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. So you can argue based on that statement that she has it out for Donald Trump. Yeah, she should be Right. And I can see why they would make this motion because this man is fighting for his life. And so this is an argument that he definitely has. And if I, if I was Donald Trump, I would make this argument too. So that's why I'm saying I wish she hadn't made those statements, but I believe that judge Chutkin can be fair and impartial and she can follow the law and the facts of each case individually including this one. I, but again, I agree, but in the court of public opinion, she's already spoiled. So she's done. Well, I would not go this far. I wouldn't go that far because she's the one who's going to rule on this motion. But like I said, like I said, and of course, you know, she's going to deny the motion. Okay. But because the important thing is, and they ask you this when you go for jury duty, can you, even if you have heard about the facts of this particular case, can you make a decision based on the facts and the law 
And can you just be impartial? And all you have to do is say yes. So of course, Judge Chutkin, being the professional that she is, she's going to say that she's able to make uh, to, to preside over this uh, proceeding and be impartial and just follow the law and follow the facts of the case. Question um, for you. Question for you. Should she recuse herself? No. Okay. No. Why am I saying she should recuse herself? Because I don't care how professional she is, she's already stained. And once there's a result of that, people are going to get up in arms and irate because they're not going to believe her. We don't believe we don't live in a believable society anymore. I'm just saying save the headaches. Now let me tell you this before you jump at me. I agree with everything you said, but I think she's already stained. And because People think in America they got it out for Donald Trump. But and the she, public does not get to rule. The public does not get to rule on this motion. You're absolutely right. But this Judge Chunkin is ruling on this motion. It's still a matter of public opinion. They would be like, no big deal. Just recuse yourself. The next judge will find him. Then there's no. You know. Well, listen, Judge Chunkin will recuse herself when Clarence Thomas recuses himself. That one don't have nothing to do. It's with the it. same. It's the same thing. It's but the same it, issue. It's. I. I don't disagree with you. I don't. So but why? So why is it when it's? Yeah. No. Uh. Uh. No. You're not going to do this to just because this is a black female judge. People want to try to bring up. You know. No. I, I'm not blaming Trump's lawyers for making this argument. And and I and, didn't say Justice Thomas shouldn't recuse himself. I was saying what he did. Uh, when he, he did it, I said he was looking at the law before he did whatever he did. So let's not go into Judge Thomas, because I, I, I don't care about Clarence Thomas like that to talk about it. I'm just saying to me... Oh, so you're saying Judge Chuckin should recuse herself, but Clarence Thomas shouldn't recuse I'm himself. I'm saying she should save herself the headaches. <laughs> Please, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. She should be just like Donald Trump. Nope. Keep oh, on... Well, hold your position. Wrongs don't make it right, right? Hold your position. She should not recuse herself. She's going to make the motion. But what I will say, I again, don't blame Trump's lawyers for making this motion. It's what you should do when you're fighting for your life. You're going to make every argument that you have available to you. And at the most, you might get lucky. She might recuse herself. I doubt it. But at the least, you're preparing for the eventual appeal because if he's convicted here you know he's going to appeal and he's going to appeal based on this issue so he's like either way i got myself an argument that and that's what it, see that's what it is when you deal with donald trump you got to play chess you got to think three four steps ahead and this is where this is going so he knows he's going to be convicted he already got his appeal in the in the computer ready to print it out and she's giving it to him well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Okay. Let us move on. <laughs> All right. We are moving on. Child poverty in the United States. This was an interesting article. I'm going to let you start it off. It was. So, so basically... Millions of Americans fell into poverty last year as the well of government-funded pandemic aid dried up and income shrank, according to new data from the U.S. Census. 
Children were particularly hard hit with the poverty rate for kids doubling compared with 2021. And Sharon Parrott, who is the president of the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, pointed to the end of the expanded federal child tax credit in 2022 as a cause of this sharp increase in child poverty. And she called for lawmakers to reinstate this benefit. And I totally agree with her. I mean, you cannot escape the positive impact that this child tax credit had, this child tax credit that was passed by the Biden administration. Um, it was a pivotal policy that Kamala Harris frequently touted in beha on behalf of the Biden administration. And she said this was a critical factor in bringing many children out of poverty. And I think the Biden administration deserves credit for this. And this is something that I've always said to you that personal response, yes, personal responsibility is important when it comes to the socioeconomic status of individuals. But public policy, to me, is just as important, in my opinion. And that's what this reflects. Um, this policy was critical and it was it was an, a very good policy and i think it it's unfortunate this unfortunate news basically just underscores the importance of voting the importance of public policy and again the biden administration deserves credit for this and and they should reinstate it but of course, the, the Republicans in Congress are going to oppose it. That's the thing about it. But they say they, they, they're pro-life and they care, you know, about the lives of, of so children. They said the median income uh, in America in 2022 was $74,580. Mm -hmm. um, Asians had the highest uh, income. $109,000 a year household. And African Americans uh, were the lowest. Surprise, surprise. At 53000 uh, It's surprising right. to me because usually it's between, you know, Latinx people or, uh, or Black folks that have. Um, there shouldn't be child poverty in this country. We, in the richest country in the world. This is ridiculous. We throw more away than what other countries have. So this doesn't make sense to me. Um, but <sighs> crediting an administration or not, that's not my, that's why I don't, I don't care to talk about it. It's just like, what, 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 are, what are we going to do about it? Because to me, it's a simple fix. You know, I say the old and the young should be taken care of in America. And if they're not, shame on us. I know, but we have to have we have to have politicians in place to ensure that that is going to happen. Republicans want to they want to eradicate any social program. They want to eradicate Medicare. They want to eradicate health care for all. They want to eradicate Social Security. 
all of the things that would do exactly what you're saying we need to do in America. So that's why it is important to point out the politics behind these types of issues. I think this is a class issue too. I think this is the rich over the poor. Yes. You know, um, more than it is Democratic, Republican. Um, it's a shame that these rich politicians are driving things this way and people are voting uh, based on the survival of their employment in, in, in the political sphere. So I, I think this is an easy fix. This is something that America get, can get on and we can er eradicate child poverty. Um, we have the resources to do so. So that's my take on this. Okay. Let us move on. All right. So this one right here is just gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. uh, these are ignorant Negroes at its finest. That's what I'm going to say, and I'll just be honest. You said ignorant, ignorant Negroes, what? Yeah, because this, this elderly woman that is no longer with us uh, was a part of the church for her whole life, basically. And when she taken ill or later on in her life, she started tithing with the church, and then they dropped her from the member role and now she can't be buried in a cemetery across the street from the church. Yeah. She sang in the choir and they have all kinds of, you know, uh, people talking about how she a long-term member of the church and now this is happening. I would even think if she wasn't a member of the church and, you know, some people just don't have the monies that you, you would help them out. You call yourself a place of God. <clears throat> this is ridiculous to me. What say you? Yes, it is. And I think we need to call out the name of the church. It's First Baptist Church of Hollands in Hollands, Virginia. Mm -hmm. They won't allow this woman. Her name is Alice Sally Garrison. She was 82 years old when she died on August 30th. And her funeral was September 9th. She was a lifelong resident of this community, Roanoke County, Virginia. And that her remains are still at the funeral home. Yeah. And they're going to be there for a while. And because this pastor is basically just being super legalistic about the church rules and the church bylaws, because the church rules forbid the burial of any non-members non in the cemetery and of course they kicked her off the rolls like you said dr a because she stopped tithing and the let and, and she the thing is is she scraped up her money and she paid what she could when she could her last check her uh grand her grandchildren said was in january when she wrote a check for four hundred dollars so they kicked her off the, and she's a lifelong member of this church. She was in the, served on the junior choir. She even organized choirs at the church. 
a lifelong member of this community entrenched in the church. And this is what they, this is, this is what I'm saying. This is what they do to her. So I just think this is reprehensible. This is heartless. This is the most unchristian like thing you could possibly do to someone. And this is what turns people off to and away, turn people off and turn people away from the church when they see stuff like this happen. It's ridiculous. Yeah. She was going to be our all oh, hell no today, but, you know, right. we decided to move it up to what's going on. Um, it's just atrocious what the church is doing and shame on that pastor. Let us move on. All right. We had our next plug of the day, which is our brand. And I don't know if y'all can see, but this is Coke Zero's. Um, that you crushed. That I really drink. Because the bottles are empty. <laughs> full, full disclosure, I'm a type 2 diabetic. So that's why I drink the Coke Zero. I need to get away from this too. But this is something that I do indulge in. And uh, that's my go-to uh, every day, basically. Mm. All right. So let us move on. We have two guests in the place today. We have Charday and we have DY. DY, your mic is muted. Let me see if I can help. Oh, okay. All right, you're unmuted. So full disclosure, these are two former students of mine at Texas Southern University, and they are extraordinary young women. Do they get yeah. applause? Yeah, let me get <laughs> Welcome, welcome. I think you're fabulous. <laughs> okay, so... Um, let me just have y'all introduce yourselves real quick. Your name, where you from, what's your major? All right. Hi, I'm Shreddy Victorian. Uh, my major is psychology, and I'm from the Bay Area in California. All right. Hello. Hi, my name is D.Y. McCray. I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida, and I'm an English major and African-American studies minor. OK. So we have the two. Before we get started, when we bring on our college students, we always uh, try to get y'all to give a words of advice or some tips to uh, next year's class that's coming in as freshmen. You know, what should they be prepared for when they get to college? So yeah, y'all can take, you know, a brief minute or so to talk about what you think they should be prepared for. Uh, please do speak and then we'll get into our lengthy conversation um i would say save your money of course definitely buy a planner so you can get yourself together take your first semester seriously um and i'm always going to encourage people to you know 
join organizations and get community service, but always remember that you're like a student before anything. So if them grades not looking right, don't do nothing. Okay. Good yeah. advice. Thank you. I definitely agree with DY. Like I was definitely gonna say, you know, make sure that you're saving over the summer and even when you're in high school because college is expensive, um, especially for like your extracurriculars. Um, make sure you know you're managing your time correctly and get your priorities straight. Like make sure you're prioritizing yourself and your mental well-being. Then take care of schools and your other organizations because your mental health and your mental well-being is going to affect all of those other things. Okay. All right. So let's get into big topic we were talking about. Um, I sent everybody an article because it was interesting. It was dating um, at PWIs, which stands for predominantly white institutions and HBCUs, which is historically black colleges and universities. And so we have two young ladies on here that can give their opinions and their advice uh about this because it, it can be it can be a rough go at it you know can you state where you're in school as well texas southern university yeah both you as well, do I? Yeah. yes okay so who wants to start at all now the article talked about um i was a little dismayed with the article because I felt like they did more interviewing at PWIs and HBCUs. And I think some of the students at PWIs were trying to speak on behalf of what goes on at HBCU when they don't attend HBCUs. One of the students' sister attended at HBCU. Um, there are problems at uh, a PWI. The main reason they said it's uh, that the black men, the black women said this, that the black men were, would date a white girl or then a light-skinned girl before they would date uh, a darker skin complexion woman. Um, I, I don't see that at an HBCU because there's all different shades. I'm not saying that one color might be more acceptable or more desirable than the other you know but there's a range of shades from you know they don't like using the word mulatto i would say mixed race to what like very dark cameroon or macaroon they used to say the color wise i don't see that much at TSU, I'm not paying that much attention, but I see all sorts of women at Texas Southern shapes, sizes, get attention. That could just be conversation. I don't know. I don't be all in business, like who's talking to who. Uh, but you can tell when people are having intimate conversations because they are close to one another. So I, I see all colors. What, 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 what do y'all say? I would say when I first came down to Texas, I was actually told that the people here, men and women, they have a preference for lighter skinned women with like looser curls and colored eyes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I 
really do like see more so like the men going towards women who have like the straightened hair or like not wearing their natural hair out. I see that very often. Mm. So this is uh, I mean, I agree. Like I remember it was freshman week and you have your little friend group or whatever. And it was like this one girl who you could obviously like tell was gay. It was me. Um, and it was these two other girls. They're both light skinned and they both had like their hair done like straight. And every time we would like walk together, the whole group would stop and cause guys would want to talk to them and everything. And it was just like, you know, in the beginning I was like, okay, this is the same thing as high school and nothing changed. And I actually still feel that way. Cause just the other day I heard a conversation between like two people. I, I believe they were on a football team or something. And it was just crazy. I was like, man, we still doing this. Wait, wait, so you explained still doing what? They were not paying attention to the dark you know, They were talking crazy, like something like all I remember hearing was just like dark and the word hoe, like dark hoes and something like negative. Because I, I try, like when people talk like that, I try not to Engage. think about them or like what they say. But I remember I turned my head because they weren't quiet. I was just like, why are y'all still talking like this? Like, and mind you, there one was my skin tone, one was darker, so it was just like, okay. I agree. Like, I've even seen like women do that as well. Like, women who are attracted to women, like, say that they have a preference for lighter skinned women that they wouldn't go after a person who has a darker skin tone or a person who is bigger and not slim. Like, still very prevalent. Mm. It, all right, so mm. I'm I'm there, so I gotta have some pushback to this. I don't see it like y'all do. I I would think if y'all said, and this is just my opinion, and what's what's my credibility? I'm a professor at Texas Southern University. Um, I talk to several students. Um, I see people who are boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, uh, and I've been there over three years, really, if you look at it, over 10, because um, I was a student there too. So I'm not going to argue against what y'all say. I would just think the prevalence is, I don't see that because there are a lot of brown skinned girls in my classes that have boyfriends uh, and they brown skin. They not like, like, you, Charday, or my partner, Kim. Um, I would see it more so with size sometimes. Like the big girls, um, I think they have a rougher go at it. But Dr. A, you can't deny that colorism not, has been a problem you in our society. There and I told you, I said that that was more of a desirable thing. I'm just saying, I don't think it as prevalent, like dark-skinned women are walking around, or brown-skinned women are walking around Texas Southern University, dateless. That's what I'm saying. What does their hair look like, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of black women today are having their hair natural. 
Y'all won't notice that move? No, the women that you're talking about. Yeah, every way. Not in any particular way, every way. Okay. So, so, so dark skin with straight hair, dark skin with kinky hair, dark skin with braids, whatever. Braids. Locks. Okay. The, the, the whole plethora of hairstyles. But again, like I said, I'm not disagreeing with y'all when it comes to desire, because I still think the standards of, no, I don't think, I know the standards of beauty in this country is still white skin, light eyes, straight hair, slim body, you know, white skin. And the closer you get to that, as an African-American, the more desirable you come, you become. I do agree with that. But for one, it's not, it's not a whole, it's not like a whole university of light-skinned girls. All right. I mean, there are more darker-skinned girls and brown-skinned girls on campus than light-skinned girls, so we're gonna put it in there. So that's hard, because I, I would ask, how do y'all deal with that? Like, how do you deal with that not being desirable? The desired one, even though you're a beautiful person. <laughs> um. I guess that's for me. Um, honestly, <laughs> I don't want to say it's hard, but sometimes it like does suck because it's like, dang, like, you know, it would be nice to have a man or something, like, just for somebody to at least try, like, that would be nice. But at the same time, like, I don't really trip over it too much because I'm like, I'm in college and it's like, it's not there's there's other fish in the sea like this is not everybody and i know for a fact that well first of all i, I like myself for the most part but i know for a fact that there's somebody out there who's like i'm their specific type so mm -hmm. i don't even worry that you know i'm not really too much want to hear yeah because that's what i tell my daughter and that's what i would tell all of all of the women that I know is that there's someone who won, who wants you, who will be attracted to you, the way you present in the world, with everything that comes with that. So, don't try to change yourself. Don't try to alter yourself. Don't try to get a BBL. Don't try to lighten your skin. Don't try to darken your skin. Some there's someone that is attracted to you in the current state that you that you are. So. I do want to agree. I think that the people who are attracted to like more Afro-presenting people, I think that they're like more mature in themselves and they're more confident with the women that they're with in comparison to the ones who like have more of a fetishization of like light-skinned women and they will approach you in a different manner. Like I feel like the men who are attracted to lighter-skinned females, they're definitely more aggressive and perverted with like how they approach them in comparison to um, men and women who have a preference for like darker skinned women who like wear their natural hair. Correct wow. me if I'm wrong. Wow. I only can speak for myself. I don't know about the perversion of it. Um, I would like to say it's not just someone, it's someone's for all of y'all. Mm. And just to me, there are guys on campus a lot that will date. that will date you, D.Y., and women that look like you on campus. There's a lot of those. 
Texas Southern is a difficult institution, like any colleges, any HBCU is. It's not always the best for women at HBCUs. Why? Because of the numbers. And you have men that are very shy. I know, because I asked that question in my class. In the class, you got guys that are shy that won't say anything, you know, um, won't approach. Dating is different now because of the apps. We talked about that uh, a couple of podcasts back. Like, men look at these dating sites and they see women that are attracted to them. So it scales back their approach to approach a woman in, in, in public, like on campus. I don't need to talk to anybody if I have 16 girls that swipe to the right and said they like me because I can just deal with them because I already know they like me. So they get the whole rejection thing out. And believe it or not, guys was too nervous to uh, and fearful of being rejected themselves. So that's why they're not approaching. But D.Y. just said that they're very aggressive with certain women. That was Chardonnay. That was Chardonnay. Oh, Chardonnay. Okay. Yeah. Aggressive and for... I'm not saying they're not that. I said there are shy men. And so the aggressive men, she's not saying all aggressive men. She said men that were going after the the lighter hue. They seem aggressive and perverted. There are guys that go after darker women that are not shy, but then there are also a lot of shy men that I, they raised my hand in the class. I said, how many of y'all are confident to, to approach a young lady, you know, or a young man at the student center? The student center is kind of like, I call it the epicenter of Texas Southern University, right? And a lot of guys was like, they don't have that in them. Okay, but we also need to point out that in our community, in the black community, there's also somewhat of a double standard because I don't think there's the same preference with regard to men and women being attracted to certain black men. I mean, there's really, um, there hasn't been the same type of status given to a light skin given to light skinned men versus dark skinned men in the black community in my that, opinion that changed when bobby brown big daddy came and denzel came on the scene before that it was christopher williams albie shore the barge all them light skinned with the yellow curly hair i know <laughs> we talked about that a lot the comedian okay yeah. skin back so you're right but when those chocolate men came on uh into media so to speak things changed people like that big daddy king people like bobby brown people like denzel washington wesley snipes all these brothers came out at the same time and that changed and then okay. we were chasing after them so did i did that happen did that happen for black women in media no right that's my point that's what we've been talking about, though. Right. So, okay. So, can you guys talk a little bit about your personal experience with dating on campus? What has your experience been um, personally? I haven't dated here. Um, the 
only people that the only people that like approached me on campus honestly were women like they were very direct they were very very direct on what they wanted from me like they did like that they wanted to be with me it was just women like the men no didn't really approach me so do you feel comfortable talking about your sexuality are you homosexual heterosexual bisexual oh i'm bi okay so you welcome being approached by men or women but you're just saying it's been mostly women so far yeah it just has like i i feel like i don't say intimidated but i feel like when i do bring up that yes i've you know talk to women before they get like oh and i'm like okay oh the guys i feel like i do i feel like that i feel like some guys see women as their competition wow that's interesting because mm -hmm. there's no competition if you got a different instrument you ain't competing <laughs> that's from your perspective <laughs> But I think I think it, yeah, would, I it would crush it I think it would crush the male ego if they're dating DY mm -hmm. and she is all of a sudden interested in a woman and loses interest in him. So now he's gonna be probably I think <laughs> I think I think you're wrong on that. Well I would never know because they never tried. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're wrong on that. But I, I also well let me get this up. Do you think you need to fix anything yourself with yourself? Do you think that, and we talked about this before, do you think that you're intimidating guys? <laughs> ah, yes, I've said that because the way my father raised me, like, I can, he, I can say he raised me to be able to say no to the type of guy that he was. So I think he raised me to be able to, like, not fall for the type of man that he was when he was in high school doing his thing. Like um, my dad did have his first child at 17. So I know he didn't like, I know he didn't want that for me. And he repeatedly made sure me and my sister like knew that. So he definitely raised us like, like we were his sons. I hate to say that he definitely did. So a lot of times, like I do feel like men are intimidated by the woman that I am, because I'm like not, I'm not shy. I'm, I'm, I don't hold back. Like, are I'm you so, approachable? I really believe I am. I feel like I'm a nice person. I really think I'm a nice person. I believe you're a nice person too. That's not the question. <laughs> but she, but you said you, you, you do get approached by men, but then once they, once you tell them that you may have talked to a a, a woman before, they they lose interest or they're intimidated or whatever. Well, so, like, it was only one guy. Like, I can't say all of them. It was only one guy who was kind of like, he asked me, and I could tell that, like, it kind of, like, bothered him, I feel. Because mm -hmm. when he asked, he was like, so you're, like, he said this out of nowhere. We were talking about the gym. He said, oh, so you're bi? I said, yeah. And the line was kind of silent. Oh, wait, wait, that was just his first question to you? No, we were we were talking about like okay. the gym. We were talking about going to the gym and getting back to school. Okay. And then I know where he just like asked me that and I was like, okay, yeah. And that was it? That was the end of the conversation? No. Okay. 
but you could tell he <laughs> lost interest after that. I don't want to say lost interest, but I feel like it did deter him a little bit. Like he kind of was like, and like maybe he just <laughs> backed up a little bit. Because it's interesting because I think it's more socially acceptable for women to have relationships with other women and still, you know, be accepted, be, God, God, be approached by God. Yeah. And even be heterosexual. Like, I'm heterosexual, but I've had a few relationships with women. Like, that's socially acceptable more so than if a man is heterosexual, but I had a couple of relationships with men. Like, people don't go for that. You know what I mean? That's not, you're bisexual then. So you're basically saying- See what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, That's a double standard bi- right there, because you didn't call the woman bisexual. Uh, yeah, you said the I, man is bisexual. You, you ain't give me a chance because you cut me off. I was just going to say bisexual women are approached more by men than uh, bisexual men being approached by women. Bisexual right. men being approached by women, women really don't like that. Men don't mind it as much. They don't. Okay, now we're getting into sexuality because I personally don't think that you're necessarily bisexual just because you've had a couple of relationships with the opposite sex. That's just me. Because you may have had it and then decided I don't like that. You, then, you're saying that I'm, then, you're, then you're saying I'm no longer bisexual. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's not get off the, no. the real subject. Oh, we talking about dating, right? We we, we we talking about dating specifically at HBCU. What, what did y'all think about the article? Let's scale back to that. Is there anything in that article that kind of like rubbed you the wrong way? Or did y'all believe what the black woman was saying at PWIs or in HBCUs? Well, I definitely agree with you when you said that there was more attention paid to the black women at the PWIs in comparison to the HBCUs. Yeah. I don't feel like it captured the whole dating experience at HBCUs. Yeah. What do y'all think the most difficult thing about dating at an HBCU is? I kind of alluded to it already. Mm, well, right now, I think it has to deal with like, nobody really knows what they want. And it's like, it's many things. And then on top of that, sometimes people aren't like really ready today or mature enough for it. They don't have like the emotional intelligence or emotional maturity. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing, like mindsets right now. People aren't ready. I agree, but I don't think that it's a problem that's exclusive to HBCUs. I think that it's more of like our age range and our generation that doesn't really know what they want and they haven't really worked on being able to differentiate their emotions and stuff oh so you want me to answer specifically for hbcus oh i I agree like i would say that for our school as well like i think that is a problem here but i don't know if there's a uniquely hbcu problem with dating well i do i do and y'all would agree with me the women outnumber the men that's a problem. And it, it's not it's not close. It's not like three to one ratio. It's more like six to one ratio. So that's the issue right there. That's the issue. It might be even more than that. That's the issue in society now as far as black men, black women. The, the women are outnumbering the men. So 
is there enough to go around? I think the second issue, and I agree with Sade, this is probably on any college campus, um, of most college campuses, is the environment which you come into, it's not a healthy dating environment because of the choices. Like you, when y'all leave Texas Southern and you don't go to another university or when y'all finish college, you will never be around this many people at one specific time. You know how you walk on campus and you literally see hundreds of people a day, like within the walk from MLK to the student center or from the student center to the rec or what have you. You're not going to see that many people your age at that time. So it makes it a unique situation. And people like variety. So that goes, you know. And so therefore, and so therefore what? Like that makes it a tough environment today to have what DY said, like a meaningful relationship. You talk about emotional maturity. It's hard to have emotional maturity when you fresh out of high school coming to a campus and all these women are around. I get that point, but I'm thinking, okay, if you're at an HBCU and you're surrounded by beautiful black people everywhere, to me, that's, that's the perfect environment to find someone. Like, it's a whole bunch of yeah, black that, people. That's someone that you find could have found others. And yeah. you have to be willing to deal with that. Okay. or not deal with it because if you date somebody off campus nine times out of ten their access is not going to be the same as yours but how about, how about somebody like dy who's bisexual they're okay so that it, it doesn't matter as much it would seem for her that the women outnumber the men that's just more women for her to you know what I mean? Yeah. Because women actually are not that great at dating either. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wait, wait, say that again. When, like, I hate to say, the women suck. Like, really, like, I'm sorry. Like, no it's bad. You're saying that the, the women are, uh, uh, um, I don't want to use the word promiscuous, but date around more so than like just like the guys they school. I, I hate to say that, but yeah, women are actually like worse. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Would you agree with that, Sharda? I would. And it's oh. not just because they're more like looking for multiple people to talk to, like just to entertain themselves, but a lot of them, it goes back to like the emotional maturity. They are emotionally mature. They don't know how to communicate. So it's like a lot of heightened emotions that they don't know how to deal with and how to communicate with you. So then it's like a lot of issues arise over something that could have been solved with a simple conversation. Yeah, honestly, being truthful and, and being honest, straight up front, it, it, it will, it will um, help out with a lot of things. And people might not choose you because uh, you're like, hey, I, I, I don't want to be held down with one person. I'm going to see a variety of people. Now, even if that person doesn't date you, they still respect you because you're being truthful. Yeah. And if they come back your way, 
they know what you're hitting for, so to speak. Like, and I get that in college, you know. I get that. I don't have kids. I don't have kids in my home, but step kids. And I told them when you go to college, like, just be careful about who you choose to become serious with. You got to really make sure that's a serious person and they're going to honor your wishes. If not, you can be devastated. I told you, I remember my freshman year in the fall, this girl came in and she met an upperclassman. I think he was a second semester sophomore when she came in. And she was a freshman. And they started dating. And they went strong from September to November, uh, but before Thanksgiving break, he broke up with her and she was devastated and she dropped out. Mm. That's why I'm not necessarily sure that this is a bad situation to not be able to find a, someone to date on a college campus because maybe you should be focused on getting your education and and graduating maybe you should stay focused on that then you don't have to worry about the heartbreak of a breakup or someone cheating on you or things of that nature and maybe but when we were a, in school was a little different though like why? Why, it was generations ago. okay well let me ask the, let me ask the guest this is there a difference between have you seen people having, you know, engaging in what we would call hookups, like people just having sex, and yeah, having sex, but not necessarily having a, a meaningful relationship with someone. Do you see that happen? And is there a difference with that in terms of approaching a particular a person of a particular uh, complexion or not, you know, light skin, dark skin? Do people just, you know, hook up with, with people? I mean, that's generally what would happen on the college campus from my experience. There would be a lot of hookups. Maybe not, you know, like I said, meaningful relationships. What do you see? Um, outside looking in, I have like heard like a lot of people having like just random things rather than like pursuing an actual relationship. Right. I'm, I'm not sure how they approach it, to be honest. Yeah. But I would assume that it's similar, but with a lot more people who are more, you know, comfortable with their sexuality and what they're doing, I think that they go about it in a more respectful way rather than just yelling at someone from the corner or something like that. I mean, from talking to students at both, you know, I teach at a huge PWI and I teach at a HBCU. There's no the hookup thing is in. Um, but you, you, Kim, you just said something like when you were in college, and I know what university you went to, you saying that that was going on when you were in college? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> why, why would you? Well, no, I'm talking about like that was the culture of the campus. Everybody that, just. 
Because it wasn't like yeah, that. So I, went you, a, I went to an HBCU and yeah, guys did deal with multiple girls, but not the way today is. Today is like, there's, there's hardly any relationships. Well, I'm distinguishing relationships from hookups. No, that's that's I'm, I'm saying at the way campuses are going now, maybe at the, the exception of religious universities, that the hookup is what the young folks are doing. Like they're like, Dr. A, we just hooked up. No, that's not my guy. We, we just hooked up and had fun. And right. I, I hear that from both campuses. Right. And I don't hear women devastated by that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that there's that much of a difference between an HBCU and a PWI when it comes to that. Everybody's no, I'm talking the, about when you were in college compared to now. When we were in college, it was like, I graduated 32 years ago. So that's a long time ago. The way these freshmen come into school today and these kids come into school today wasn't the way we came into school. I'm saying there, there were a lot, you saw a lot of hand-holding on campuses. How was that, Morgan? There were people who had significant others, like, and that was more prevalent than the hookups. That's what I'm saying. And you went to a PWI, which was a religious institution. I don't know what those kids did, because there wasn't a lot of y'all at y'all university. Okay, you're talking about black people. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were yeah, there were relationships among the black people because when you're in a PWI like that, you kind of gravitate towards each other for comfort, for camaraderie, for just you you just have affinity to your culture and to your community. So you somehow uh kind of you find your you find your community at a PWI a lot easier I think at an HBCU everybody's black or a lot of people are black so you know you don't necessarily have to search your community out it's just right there yeah you, you it's this you got to pick up the letter at HBCUs that's what you're basically saying it's it was slim thinking that Georgetown in the in the minute to mid 80s to late 80s, right? There's still slim pickings at Georgetown University, right? Well, I mean, it also helps that it's in DC and at the time it was Chocolate City, so. That's true, but that I'm talking about this on the campus and you write about that. That would make you go to a Georgetown because right. of Chocolate City, yeah. right? If it was Georgetown in New Hampshire, nah, maybe not. Right. <laughs> exactly, so they attend a black school um, I, I'm I'm gonna work with Dy. I think that um, she just. I told her this the other day. Maybe a softer approach. No, I, I'm gonna push back on that because you're not gonna blame her. I'm not blaming her. I know, but that that's what it seems like that she has to make some adjustments. No, you be continue to be who you well, are. You, let me ask if you. They first. can't handle it. That's I'm their gonna ask, I'm gonna ask everybody this that's on, do on the that. podcast right now. Do you make adjustments to yourself when you find somebody you like and you want to meet them and start a relationship with them? Do you adjust your attitude? Do you adjust your behavior, at least at first? 
adjust your attitude and just you don't come out stink. If you a stink person, you don't come out stink at first, right? You cover that stink. Up. Okay, why well, I gotta be stink now? Exactly. Wait, 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 no, no, no. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about if somebody had an attitude like that. And forgive me, because I didn't mean to imply you. You're a beautiful person. What I'm saying is, do you adjust? I think when I say softer, y'all taking that wrong like it's weaker. I'm not saying that. No, but why can't she just show up and be who she is? Why does she have to make any type of adjustments? Why is there an implication that she needs to make adjustments because she hasn't been successful in dating on this particular college campus? Maybe they, the people, other people need to adjust and be more open to accepting people the way they are and not being they, they um, might accept her the way she insecure, is insecure not being insecure well, to the point where you're going to be intimidated at, or whatever by some, see what this is what i'm dealing with they're I, 18 and <laughs> they're 18 and 19 year old they're going to be insecure right so if you're confident and dy is a very confident young lady right and i even told her her emotional maturity just like she said is high and charlotte said it's higher than most i they came by my office the other day. I told them both that. Y'all think like 26, 27-year-old women. You dealing with 18, 19-year-old guys. Women mature quicker than men, right? Do y'all know that? We It takes us a while to get our, our stuff together. Sometimes it's ridiculous. And so when I'm saying softer, I don't mean you have to be all submissive. I'm just saying it's like, hear them out. <laughs> Let them come out their bag first before you come out of yours right see if you even liked them at first see if they even worthy of you first but that's just being quiet at first that's a quieter approach which i would also label as a softer approach because they might be intimidated by you it's like I, I i i can't handle her do you understand that yes okay that's all i'm saying i'm not saying change i'm just saying like Give them a chance to show themselves and then reveal yourself a little by little. Don't trust everybody right away with your your feelings and your heart. Don't come out the bag with that. They ain't worthy of that yet. You gotta take your you gotta take your time. Some people they want somebody they want an instant. Like why isn't you know, I'm beautiful, you're beautiful. Why can't this just happen? And it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> and so, you know, well, that's my take on it. At Texas Southern University, I heard some things today that um, I'm gonna have to do some investigating. You know, I'm, I'm gonna talk to my 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 students in the class. But I, to be honest, I have to be honest. I have a lot of freshmen too. Mm -hmm. At at, at um, in the first in the second semester, I have more upperclassmen. But in the fresh in my sophomore in my fall semester, I always have more freshmen, you know. So I, I have to to deal with that. And then there's a difference between freshmen and upper class. What so, is it? Uh, yeah, I, I I think a softer approach with and I and I'm not talking about physical. DY, did you did you ask Dr. A a question? Yes. What was your question? I asked him what was the difference between uh the freshmen and the upperclassmen. Oh, I can speak to. Go ahead. Like being a pal, like 
the freshmen, they're like more energized, just like, you know, trying to play college, like how it looks in the movies type of stuff. They're here to have fun. And then I feel like the upperclassmen, they've been here, they know what's going on. So they're more, you know, used to what TSU is like and what college life is like. So we're a little more adjusted than the freshmen. We're just like. Yeah. So I'll explain it like this. Freshmen just got to the party. Upperclassmen are about to leave the party. Wait, did you say uh, uh, you're a pal? Yeah, I'm a campus pal. What's that? So basically we help like accommodate or adjust a freshman to like campus life and like being in a university. Um, we help like with mentoring them and giving them advice on situations and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Is PAL an acronym for something? What does it yeah. stand for? So it's actually P-A-L-S. It stands for Peer Assistance Leadership Service. Oh, okay. Great. That's great. Thank you. Well, for people who may be interested in reading this article, it's in the dailyegyptian.com and it's called Finding Love While Black, The Difference for Black Men and Women at PWIs and HBCUs. So, but what, what was your overall thought about the article? Did you agree with most of it? Did you think it was on point? It was off base? What did you think? I agreed with like the substance on like how as black people, we like judge each other and accept one another. So I did agree with that, like um, the colorism and then like the fashion choices mm -hmm. and also like the double standard. If a black woman is dating a white man, it's not accepted in comparison to like a black man dating a white woman. So I agree with like those portions. Okay, and how about- See, I didn't, I, I didn't agree with that. I, I thought that either way, black women will talk about black men that date white women. Like, it's not like black women accept that. Like, oh, okay, go ahead, Johnny. You know, I don't think that doesn't happen. I think black men get excoriated by black women. Because the only people that does, the, well, you might have some racist white folks, I'm not gonna say that, but I'm saying really the only people who judge is us. Um, so to that point right there, Dr. A, I think a lot of times, like specifically, I can speak for myself, but a lot of times the only reason I will hate on a black man that's dating a, um, a white woman is when he like starts degrading um, black women. So he'll say, oh, I'm dating a white woman because I didn't want to date no black monkey, like saying stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm going to look at him crazy. I'm going to talk to him crazy. Absolutely. Of course, I'm going to judge him and I'm going to disrespect him, actually, because that that was actually very unnecessary. Like, so that's why I do it. I'm one of those people. Absolutely. And I think it would be warranted in that case. Well, in that case, I would think it would be warranted, too. But is, 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 is that what black men that date white women go around saying? Oh, so you're saying... I teach at a school where black men mess around with white women. And the girls say, he just liked the white women. 
You know, he has nothing with us. He just likes the white woman. He don't care about us, blah, blah, blah. And it's usually the football players, you know, because the the girls throw themselves at them. You know, and that's what, what was that do. reaction about DY? I mean, I don't know what kind of phenomenon is going on with that, but that's honestly all I see. Um, I don't understand. I think a study needs to be done because I see that too frequently. I don't understand. I don't get it. Wait, wait, wait. How, how, how do you see it? How did you see it frequently? You, I mean, know, just, you don't attend a PWI. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in real life. Like basketball players and NFL, like men in yeah. the NFL. If you look at their wives, yeah. they're what? White no. or other. They're light, they're they're lighter skin, but not the majority of them are are white. That's a myth. That's not even close to the truth. It's not I even or other. No, I'm saying, but what I mean like Hispanic. Yeah, Latino, like lighter skin. Yeah, I see that too. But which y'all know why that is, though, right? No, Come I on. think it's like a status thing. Like, is it what a status thing? But where, where does that come from? Who gives us our beauty? Europeans, white no, people. Well, who, well, how how do they convey it to us? Say it one more who, time. How do they convey? beauty to us through what channel the media like exactly so that's what it is and we all we we guilty of it we caught up in that who's we black folks okay black folks are caught up into that i'm not saying like every black folks but black folks are caught up in that my mother was a dark-skinned woman you know essence was guilty of that for a long time they ain't put dark skin women on the cover of their magazine. I had a conversation with Susan Teller when I was a freshman. I said, you don't put people that look like my mother on the cover of your magazine. The only person you had on there that was dark skin was Cicely Tyson and all those years of publishing. They changed, they've since changed. I mean, they've been changed. But this was 1987, 87, 88. We had this conversation. Well, I think that, um the perception is that once a black man has achieved some success, the prize is then getting a white woman. That's like the accoutrements of success. And a lot of people, that's how they think. But then the other thing is that some white women pursue these athletes in college because it's almost like a lottery ticket. Like, let me pursue this athlete because he may end up being in the NFL. He may end up being in the NBA. And now I've got, you know, my ticket to success. Most of them marry black women. Well, that's true, but Even I'm just saying. Even if they mess around with white women in college, most of them marry black women. I can say a lot of them are, you're right, some of them are Latinas, some of them you know, others, as you would say, but yeah, most of them, the majority of them are black women that they date. They do. Um, if you look at the the because the, they'll have, this is media, they'll throw out 32 black men in the NBA, this went out, and they took a picture of them, and they all had white wives. 
But you're saying there's only 32. The name black men in the NBA. So right. that 32 that they were showing everybody was like, they all marry white women. That's what's the danger of the media is. Uh, but we, we getting offset. I, I'm, shocked, I'm, I'm shocked by some of y'all comments today. It's going to lead to a different discussion. Um, because if this is still going on full throttle, like y'all say, the colorism on campus and things of that nature, because I would like y'all just to sit on a bench when it's not that hot anymore and just observe. And observe to see, you know, the, the brown and the dark-skinned woman walking with guys. That don't mean that they're with them, but, you know. But can I also point out another cultural difference between black women and white women that date black men? I think culturally black girls are socialized to not pursue men, especially, you know, not pursue black men. We're told to let him pursue you. Absolutely. And white women don't have those, those, I don't think they're raised with those types of limitations. So I think a lot of times if you on a P, in a PWI, you will have white women that go after these black men. And, you know, like you said, you got, these are teenagers, young adults. It's hard to resist a woman who is like pursuing you like that. You know what I mean? Throwing themselves at you like that. And that's, that's, I think, also what happens. So they end up going for who goes after them. So at, at, at the PWI I teach at, y'all know, so let's keep the names, right? The black student came up to me and said, you know, Mr. A, at the time, I didn't have my PhD. And he said, hey, them football players, they don't even care about white. They don't care about white. So a couple of football players came over to me. And I know this might sound sick, but we're going to keep it above board. Said so Mr. A, like, yeah, some of the black girls, they want to date and they want to date and start a meaningful relationship that's going to turn into happily ever after. Then I had one white girl come up to me and say, me and my roommates want to do you this weekend. Happily ever after. Me and my roommates are gonna do you this weekend. They 19 years old, they on football. What do you think's gonna happen? Right. They're gonna be like, oh, I'm 19. <laughs> Let me start my road to marriage. D is like, what <laughs> is happening here? Years old, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Your face. laughs> you can't even hide it. Your face is like, what is going on? Like, are we really going there? Mm. Yeah. But uh, I'm it's, it is that's it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, I'm I'm we, we spend a lot of time. We probably could spend like two more hours with y'all. We want to thank y'all for coming on the show. We hope that the next time y'all come on the show, we can talk about some other things. And um, you know what? You know y'all. The next topic could be what it's like to be in love on campus because uh, y'all already have. <laughs> so that that would be the the topic. But we appreciate y'all, and uh, hey, best of luck with everything at TSU. Thank you. Don't change. Thank you. And don't be a stranger. All right. All Thank right. You. Bye. Thank it's you. Bye. <laughs> they were fit to be tied. Why you say they were fit to be tied? I thought They're they did. <laughs> no, they did, but. 
Yeah, I don't think they were ready for some of that discussion. Uh, no, nah, because we, we kind of <laughs> talked the other day in the office. Okay. Yeah, so they were kind of ready for it. Uh, Let us move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, that's not on my rundown. Oh. I thought you were calling an audible. So what's so what's so what's that scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's so what's so what's that scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's so what's so what's that scenario? Here we go, yo. Okay. This is a big one. Okay, so this is our new segment called a scenario. This is a scenario, but it has different levels to it. <laughs> so I'm going to play provocateur. And so there's a situation, and I told my partner this because we got into a long conversation, is her best friend for almost two decades, or two and a half decades. Uh, she's been married for a long time to her husband that's also become friends through marriage. They knew each other before marriage, the husband knew. They met in college, right? And your friend, so say for instance, I'm a painter for everybody. Your girlfriend that you met in college met her husband in college. Y'all all three knew each other. You were there when they got together. They dated for a while. They got married. You were the maid of honor. If we're talking about a guy, just reverse it. You were his best man, right? He met his wife in college. So fast forward, you got kids that are like nine and 10 years old, two kids. And <laughs> I thought about last night. I was cracking up. I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you, you come out of the Target, whatever, or... Uh, you come out the grocery store late at night and <laughs> you find your best friend's husband in the truck physically messing around with somebody, right? And I said, do you tell your best friend? Now, this question has been asked all week and a lot of people jump up and say, yeah, right there and there, right there and there. And I'm like, do you think about it? So that's the conversation where we're going to pick up. I had asked my partner, I said, do you tell your best friend? And she said, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I said, do you think about it? She first said, what's there to think about? I, I'm seeing it right there in front of me. And, you know, I said that to some of my students in the class and some of them were thoughtful. They said, well, you have to think how her life will be after you tell her that or how her family will be constructed after you tell her that. So I am one to think like, well, I would think about it. I don't have to tell them right away. You know, um, what's the difference when you telling them today or telling them Tuesday? Okay, so you're saying you're going to tell, but not immediately. No, I, I was saying like, my thought first is I'm going to go and think about should I tell? 
because they're older, they have a situation going on, and I could just ruin that. And my thoughts were like, do I want to ruin their family? Now, if she, if, if, if she sees me, because I would be talking about my, my guy, if she sees me and I go up to the truck, right, and I catch her in the act, right, <laughs> if she, she sees me, then she might go talk to her husband and solve it that way. We're like, we laughing we we mimic how it would actually happen if you saw it in the truck around. So that's what my thoughts would be. My thoughts would be with the kids in the marriage first. I don't think you can take responsibility for someone else's relationship. That's for them to take responsibility for. So that's why you shouldn't cheat on your spouse because it could possibly break up your family. And that's for you to think about, not for me as the outside person looking in to well, think you about. You, you shouldn't think, what you say? say I said, I don't, I shouldn't have to take responsibility for your right, relationship. You, right there. you shouldn't have to take responsibility, but you taking responsibility to go back and tell her. That's what right. you being responsible that's, for. But, 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 but why, why can't he be responsible and go back and tell his wife what he did? Why you got to go tell Are you serious her? right now? No, but you know, you use the word responsible, so I'm throwing it back at so you. So you really yeah. think that somebody who's cheating on their spouse is going to go back and tell the spouse, oh, Some by the way, I just wanted do. you to know that I cheated on you yesterday. Some people do. Some people, do. Some people have indiscretions and maybe not right away, but they might have it. The guilt might be overrun. Yeah. Some people might do that. Okay, so all right. Well, then the the best I can do for you, because I think as a loyal friend, but I'm saying if, if you see it as a loyal friend, okay, okay. So, so what, what about I, the, hold on, hold on. That's what I want you to know. You you say you think he gonna go back and tell? He saw you. He knows you. He knows that you saw him cheating with somebody else. He also know. Your, his wife is your best girl, so he might go back and tell. That's what I'm saying. He gonna he gonna keep his mouth closed and think like he gonna think that you gonna go tell. Okay, so you think he's gonna try to beat you to the punch? I think some people will try to beat you to the punch. You think everybody be like, well, she ain't gonna say nothing. No way, no way they gonna think that. If that's her best friend, she talked to all the time. And you see them in the truck. Okay, and you so you agree that that's what a loyal friend would do. A loyal friend is going to tell you that your husband was cheating and I saw him. That's what a loyal I, friend is going to do. What I told you is I don't have... Yes or right? I don't have a yes or problem right. knowing wrong. <laughs> I don't have a problem with you going back to tell her. My problem with you before is like you didn't think about it. You didn't I, consider see, other but, but Dr. A, but Dr. A, you but there's some things in life where you should already know what you need to do in a situation. That's just like, and, and this is what I said to you before. That's just like you getting down on your knees and praying to God, God, please tell me whether or not I should continue this extramarital affair. I send me a sign to let That's me right. know. 
Like you already know that's that that's wrong. That's you already not, know that that's wrong. That's, so what I'm that's saying a is false analogy. That's okay. a false analogy. How's that you a false analogy? Because you're talking about you. You talk, should talk, already know what you know, you're going. You should already know that as a loyal friend to someone, that if you had information that they needed to know about somebody cheating on them, you already should know that you're going to tell them that. That's not something that you should have to contemplate. Do you think everybody want to know that their significant other cheated on them? Because I got news for you. I know I can get people on the phone right now that say, don't tell me. Okay, well, if my best friend to whom I am loyal tells me if my husband cheats on me, don't tell me, then I won't tell him. Yeah, but she didn't say that. I'm saying that, but I'm saying there's some people that don't want to know. You okay, making it that's fine. because it goes because okay, that's it's fine. Gonna hurt them and it's gonna ruin their life. There's it's only the two. Okay, this is what I. There's only two circumstances under which. I would not tell my best friend that I saw her husband cheating on her in the Walmart parking lot parking lot in the car. <laughs> Two circumstances. One, she told me if I ever saw that not to tell her. So I'm going to honor her wishes. Number two, if I knew that my best friend was mentally unstable and this could potentially send her over the edge and she might commit suicide or something like that, then I wouldn't tell her. Those are the only two circumstances under which I would not tell my best friend to whom I am loyal that her husband, I saw her husband cheating on her. That's the okay. only, so, only. So now we're going, to throw in the, we're going to throw in the first switch up scenario, right? So I would say to her, what if you and you, meaning my partner, Kim, cheated on your husband four months prior? to you seeing him cheating, your best friend cheating, would you still go tell your best friend? So I cheated on my husband. Right, four months earlier, you had your, your affair. And then I saw my best friend's husband cheating on her. So that yeah. is not gonna make a difference to me. Yeah, you still- I, I was wrong, I was wrong, and he was wrong, and I'm telling on him, even right. though I, I did the same thing. Right. Yes. Right, let's twist it up. How about if he saw you cheating i'm telling oh, hold on listen if her husband saw yeah. you cheating yes your husband right didn't say nothing four months later you see him cheating on your girl you gonna still tell yes wow he's a cold person <laughs> yes i ain't you tell know. you not i didn't tell you not to tell on me that so, was your choice now here's the next scenario y'all what if you saw her, your girlfriend, cheating four months earlier? I'm telling. And, and then, and then you. I'd be like, girl, I know you cheated on your husband, but guess what? He got you back. I'm telling. Okay. Because what I, what, what I don't want, what I don't want, is my best friend ever being able to come back to me and say, "I can't believe you had this information and you didn't tell me." You can say, girl, I saw you getting your boots not, so I ain't say nothing. I think that's credit. I don't need no friends like that. I don't need no friends like that. I was saying I'm up with you. I didn't want to see y'all break up. No, so and I would tell I would tell my girlfriend, like, if I knew my girlfriend was cheating on her husband, I'd be like, You you know you need to stop. You're wrong for that. 
But why are you telling, that's what I'm saying. Why are you telling her that, right? Your girlfriend. Right. This is where I say you get caught up in, in, in your, your wrongness. You were giving her like, hey, I don't want to see your marriage in. Stop messing around on the husband. But you're not saying to him like, hey, you're hurting my friend. I don't want to see your marriage in. You see what I'm saying? It's just like you going after one person. So you're saying I need to tell my best friend's husband that she's cheating on him? No. You can tell him why he's cheating. Like, you cheating on my best friend. You right. need to stop that. Because no. that's No, because I think the loyalty. If your girlfriend, if you saw your girlfriend cheating, that's what you would tell him. You say, Freddie is a good man and you cheating on him. You need to stop. You right. said you would give that liberty to your girlfriend. You would right. tell her. You would give her a chance. Yeah, because that's right. my friend. But you not giving it a chance. Why would you want to make it right? Though, if you're going to make it wrong with the other person. I'm not making it right. I said they're both wrong. No, no, no. You're giving her a chance to correct it. Like, you ain't telling him. So there's no disaster. Right, because I think that my loyalty goes to the primary relationship, which is to my girlfriend. Now, I have a secondary friendship with her husband based on the fact that she's my best friend, but I don't feel like I owe any loyalty to him. That's just me. That could be right or wrong, but that's just what it is. Why would you tell your best friend who was cheating? Why would you tell her to stop cheating? Because that's wrong. Okay, it's wrong, but what, what she, say for instance, she was having issues in the relationship. You're telling her it's wrong and you don't want to see the marriage in, right? right. Or you tell her if you really feel this other guy, you need to get rid of your husband. No, I'm telling, I, I'm going to tell her you should stop. That's not right. You're committing adultery. You're cheating on your husband. That's not right. You took vows. And and then I'm also, yeah. You I'm got just telling, Right, tell and I don't, and I'm saying I don't want to see your marriage uh, in. Bang. But yes. Bang. So you don't want to see her marriage in. So why would you go tell her that her husband is cheating? Because I can support her through that, and I can tell her you don't have to. You, you your marriage doesn't have to end because of this indiscretion. The first thing you need to do is stop. And then you need to work to repair the damage that you've done. And then you can make your marriage even stronger. There's no necessity for you to break up your marriage over this. Why wouldn't you just tell him, like, hey, Freddie, like, you know, Cynthia is my best friend. You cheating on her. But you giving, you shaking your head. No, you're not even thinking about I think it. That's out of order. That's out of order. What are you talking about? You know, that's him. out of order. You don't go to the hunt. First of all, you're the best. You're the maid of honor. No, 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 no. I listen. My best friend better not go talk to my husband about me. You better come to me. What you talking to him for? You don't have no type. No, I know you acquainted with him through me, but that's Very you don't well. owe him. You don't owe him nothing. You better come to me. First of all, no, I think that's out of, first of all, I'm not going to be talking to another woman's husband without her knowing about it. That's it. That's out of order. I'm not going to do that. You, you, y'all don't have. That's inappropriate. You don't do that. Y'all don't have healthy friendships. Like y'all think everything is on this, the, 
decide. Like you and I are friends and we talk all the time. I know, but 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 Felicia is well aware of what is going on. Right. So, so why wouldn't her why wouldn't why wouldn't her why wouldn't she be well aware that you talk to him once in a while? Why wouldn't she be well aware that I'm talking? Like, yeah, she would be well aware too. And she should be aware of each occasion. It shouldn't be any time where I'm going to talk to her husband and she doesn't know about it. You see what I'm saying? Oh, like, I just think that's out of order. I'm just sorry. I, I just think that's. I don't care if you. I don't care if you tell him afterwards. But this is a set, a different set of different different circumstances. He's cheating, right? So I'm just saying, why wouldn't you go to him and say? Now that's my girl. Like y'all really need to get that together, right? Whatever it is that's going on, you need to fix it because y'all need. The only, it. like I said, the only way I would do that is if my girlfriend was mentally unstable and she could, this could possibly send her over the edge and she could have a nervous breakdown or commit suicide. No, I, that's the only that's time only, I'm gonna go to him. No, you said that's the only, only, only time you wouldn't tell her. That's what you said. Not go to Wait, him. I wouldn't be telling her. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be telling her because I'm going to him and trying to get him straight. So in that scenario, that's that's consistent with what I said. I would would, but if she, but why? If you know she, if you knew she was unstable, then you wouldn't say anything because I'm like I ain't going to tell her because she's unstable. Right, so but I would still go to him and try to get him to stop doing what he's doing because I don't okay. want. Okay. Want the family to break up because she might find out without me telling her okay. if he doesn't get himself together and stop. You see what I'm saying? That's the only time. But I think other than that, it is out of order for you to go and talk to your best friend's husband without your best friend knowing about. It. I don't think that's right. No, I, I disagree with that because you, we know how I am about you. You know how I am you about the birthday party. You gonna go talk to him? Well, that's different. Come on, Doctor. Hey, that's different. There's several different things that you wouldn't talk to him about. You, you, you ain't. Long as you ain't doing nothing across the line, you don't have to worry about. This is something totally different. Well, this I think that's across. I think that's across the line only because my allegiance should be to her first. And if she said, now, if my girlfriend said, well, can you, if she asked me to talk to her husband for whatever reason, maybe she thinks I can talk him into or out of something. Or so in, in that try last, to get that last scenario was, would you talk to your husband first before you talk to your, your best friend? Would you tell him what you saw and everything? And mind you, he's close to her husband. Would you talk to him first to see like how you should proceed? Or you would be like, I don't need to talk to him. I might talk to him just to tell him what happened, but I don't feel like I need to get an opinion from him on what I should do. See, I don't, I don't get people's opinions on stuff about what I should do unless I'm not sure about what I want to do. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because so, you didn't want them to convince you? No, because I, I don't need I don't need any additional information. I know what I'm doing. Let me well, do that. He might give you sage advice or something for you to think about. Because at first, right away, you said you was going to jump right into it. I said, well, what about the kids and the marriage? I said, that's not my responsibility. That's their responsibility. <laughs> I don't feel like I, I mean well, I'm going to support. You would feel no type of way if they got divorced. 
right, and separated. But they could get divorced without me saying anything. They could, but that ain't then that that ain't got nothing to do with you. So what I would do is try to try to encourage them to work it out. But I'm not going to withhold information from my best friend. I'm not going to do that. I will support you and your man. I would say, girl, I saw your husband cheating. Now, calm down. This is something. This is not insurmountable. Y'all can get through this. It's you easier, try to work it out. It's easier said than done. Like, because you telling her, like, yeah, calm down. But your emotions ain't in it. I yeah. feel like I would know my best friend to the point where I would know what her reaction is most likely going to be. That's another factor. So I probably already know that she's not going to fly off the handle and want to get a divorce. I probably already know that about her. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm going to give her the information knowing that piece of information about her. But if she did, I mean, you know, did want to get a divorce... I would try to talk her out of it, try to work it out, especially if there's no other issues like she's being abused or anything like that. You know what I mean? If we, it's something we, we, we want y'all to email us at the show and tell, and tell, us, tell uh, me I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. A is wrong. <laughs> no, tell, tell us um, how you would proceed with this. And that's our email. For those watching on YouTube, potlickershow at gmail.com. What you think about that? Um, what you think about that scenario? Let us move on. Okay, Martin. I need some good advice. Tell me I'm wrong or right. There's a choice to make. Please help decide my fate. You need to thank it through. Give me your point of view. This is bothering me. You got a remedy? I'm feeling sad and blue. What you think I should do? What you think I should do? What you think I should do? All right. This is our advice from the two. So my partner is going to read us. Okay. So I have another question from the book of questions on love and sex. And question number 87. If one day you were to learn that several years earlier, your spouse had deceived you by having a brief affair, how do you think it would change your relationship? This is an easy one for me. It wouldn't change my relationship with my lady unless it was an affair with somebody that was close to me. Um, a good friend or something like that. Because um, yeah. they will both become excommunicated. So it doesn't matter to you whether it was a one-night stand or like a six-month relationship. It doesn't matter to you whether she was, it was just about the sex versus she was in love with this person. Well, yeah, if if... if, if 
I believe when something is happening like affairs, you're going to notice something that's peculiar. Mm -hmm. right? So you saying affairs like they going out to eat, they come home, you want to eat? No, I just ate. Where'd you eat? I just had some such and such. You know, you say, what, what you doing? That? You're not going to think nothing of it. What you what you doing up at Papados? Like what what are, what are you doing at Del Frisco's? I just went to the bar, I had something to drink, there was something on my mind. And so you don't think anything about it. But then when they revisited, like, yeah, I was having an affair there, then that's deceiving and that gets a little itchy and irritating, especially like if it went on for like a year or two or six months to a year. If it's just, you know, two weekends. That's not going to bother me. Okay. Well, I will say that for me personally, I would be devastated. Either way, I would be devastated because it would cause me to lose trust in my spouse, knowing that this happened and... He, he revealed it to you. I know, but I would... He told you before you found out. Wait a minute. So you're adding to this. You're adding to this because it doesn't say that the person told you. It just says oh, you, you found out. You learned. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Keep going. See what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that's part of why I would be hurt because I'm like, wow, you. This is something you did. You cheated on me, and it was your intention for me to never find out. And I found out anyway. So I'm hurt that you had this, you did this to me. And then you kept me in the dark all this time about it. See, but I understand the keeping you in the dark. Like people were like, you didn't they didn't tell you because they didn't want to hurt you. And they didn't think it was anything. If you didn't want to hurt me, you wouldn't have done it. Like I don't understand how people do don't it. think it through. Yeah, it's it's at a the time. Like it's a selfish act. It's just like when you go to the grocery store and you come home with something and you munching on it and you ain't get him nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just like, oh, oh, we got the two cookies. Now you know I would I didn't I don't I didn't know if you were one or not. And I that's what they do here. I <laughs> always err on the side of bringing the shit home. <laughs> Let Assume me I want some. Assume you know, I want some cookies and ice cream. Yeah, exactly. A sweet potato pie. You're going to come home with a slice of sweet. I, 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 I wasn't sure you would want. Buy it. Let me make the decision when it's back at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, assume yes. <laughs> assume yes. I understand. I agree with you. It is a selfish act because all you're thinking about at the time is you want to get this physical satisfaction. But you're not thinking about what if my spouse finds out, or you're not thinking about oh I made a vow to God well, that I would I made a vow to God that I would remain faithful to my spouse and I'm breaking my vow to God like none of that comes in your in your it mind. It does come in your mind. You're ridiculous to think that that doesn't come in people's mind. You know it doesn't. You know it. Look. I'm going to quote him. I don't like to quote him, but I'm going to quote him. My mind is telling me no. Oh, my God. Not oh, aura. Not aura. No, but I'm saying you, you act like people don't think about their vows. They do. 
they forsake their vows, you know, that's what they do. Um, and you think they don't think about their wives. They do. That's why they hiding it. They trying to do it in some indiscreet place. And it might sound like I'm justifying it. I'm not justifying it. I'm just telling you what people do. And then they don't overcome like their selfish act because they see themselves as pleasing them. I ain't trying to hurt you. I'm trying to please myself. Right. I heard a man say, I can't remember who it was, but he said, you only lie to people that you care about. Like if a man is cheating, he's not lying to the side chick. He's telling her every like, yes, I'm married. I have two kids. Um, you know, I might be seeing a third person on the side. He he's he's honest with the side chick, but lying to the wife because he cares about. I mean, I have heard that a lying by omission. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that, and I understand that. But still, this would I, I the question is, how do you think it would change your relationship? To me, it's going to change my relationship. Because now I have less trust for my spouse. I might, I might, we might stay together, but you just made a withdrawal from the trust bank from me. It might spice up my relationship. Ooh, do tell. I'm, I'm How so? Like I just leave it like that. So you think your, you think your wife? Are you speaking? Well. We're not going. So, are you? You're thinking that your your spouse may think may find you more desirable because you stepped out on her now. She's thinking well, oh, other women her. want you, so now you uh, seem. I might desirable. find I might find her more desirable. How so? Because she stepped out. Really? Yeah. Why how can you elaborate on that? Like, why would you find your spouse more desirable after they stepped out and cheated on you? Right. <laughs> Let me say this. No, answer that, please. The question as much as I can without putting my business on front street. <laughs> you don't have to put your bit. I'm just saying in okay, say just talk in general I'm, about how I'm gonna give you a statement. Okay. I like my car with mileage on it. That's what I'll say. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, but I mean, presumably, I don't mind if it's test driven. Okay, but you know, the test driving can happen before you marry this person, right? <laughs> you can, yeah, you, can you can, you can, you can marry somebody who is sexually experienced. True, but I'm saying even <laughs> the she don't have to keep. You know, I'm not saying keep, it, but I'm saying once in a while that could. Turn me on. Okay. All right. So you heard it here, folks. That's that's an interesting perspective. I don't think I'm the only one with that perspective. You're probably not, but I, I don't have that. Let me make it clear. I don't have that perspective. <laughs> I like my spouse faithful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At all times. But I wouldn't call it that, though, in my relationship. What would you call it? Extra. Extramarital? You getting yeah. the extra. It's like it's like going to the gym. You working out. You like getting ready for the, you know, preparing yourself for any activities you may need to partake of. That's what you think it is? Like pretty much, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh. Let's
let us move on. Right. So today we want to highlight for our little known black history fact, Flora Batson Bergen. Flora Batson Bergen was born in Washington, D.C. on April 16th, 1864. She was a popular, internationally renowned African-American concert singer who began singing professionally at 13 years old. She used her platform to resist and critique racism. She was nicknamed the double-voiced queen of song because her, of her three-octave range from the purest sweet and full soprano to the rich round notes of the baritone register. She performed throughout the world and her audience included Queen Victoria of England, Pope Leo XII, and Liliwa Kalani, Queen of Hawaii. Her last concert was at the Bethel AME Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on November 29th, 1906, Flora Batson died suddenly of uremia only two days later in Philadelphia on December 1st, 1906. And for those of you who are as curious as I am, uh, I looked this up. Uremia is a dangerous condition that occurs when a person is in the final stages of chronic kidney disease and the kidneys are no longer filtering properly. And that's what happened to Flora Batson Bergen, our little known black history fact. Okay. Our last plug is always our podcast. And this is a familiar one on the show. The Dominique Foxworth show. It's a podcast on ESPN. I'm bringing it back up because it's football season. Dominique is a former football, NFL football player. He's on ESPN. And his show with his partner, Charlie, is great. And also, he has a segment on the podcast, I think it's every Monday, called Roses and Thorn with his wife, Ashley. And I think that is a beautiful part of the show. Actually, when I listen to them and see how much they love each other it's 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 something it's a big deal if you check it out you will hear like how much you know love and appreciation they have from each other like you know they really love each other uh um, yeah check that out with dominic fox show let us move on Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. So, I don't know the lady's name. Hmm. Waterboard and place. Baby, waterboard and place in the freezer. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Please talk about this because it's hard for me to. A mother was sentenced to 30 days in jail after... After Oregon, I know, right? After Oregon prosecutors say the say she waterboarded her baby, waterboarded her baby. 
and put him in the freezer during a 2021 incident as a test to see if the father cared. Mm. What's wrong with people? Her name is Sharday McDonald. She's 30 years old. She pleaded guilty to charges of criminal mistreat mistreatment, ID theft, and tampering with a witness after police showed up at her Gresham, Oregon apartment on October 28, 2021 to perform a welfare check because someone reported the mother putting her baby in the freezer. Oh, hell no. I can't understand that right there. Why would you? You know that's not good. She's mentally disturbed, um, and she doesn't need to have a child, period. You, you know, you you carry the child, you birth the child, but you don't need to raise one because that was is just ridiculous to me. So this take is, that baby away. Yes. Let us move on. So we're going to give it up to HBCUs, which are owed over $13 billion in land grant money. What is going on? We're going to give it up to them because we hope they're going to get that money back. They definitely need it. Um, other universities were getting, as they said, $1 billion to $2 billion more in the land grants than HBCUs. It's just a shame on how they treat black colleges because they know that, you know, black colleges could use the resources. What say you? I mean, it just, I mean, it's just flat out wrong. They need to be, HBCUs need to be supported and funded. They need to get all of their money that they are entitled to. You know how I feel about that. And to me, this just highlights what, Black people are able to do with limited resources. If we could do what we have done, where HBCUs turn out like the majority of professionals, majority of doctors, lawyers, PhDs. And so you just have to marvel at what we've been able to accomplish without with limited resources. I'll just leave it at that. Mm. That's what we do. We turn pig guts into chitlins. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> all right, we come to a wrap up of this show. Two hours and 14 minutes. Uh, start off with our plugs for the day Cal Trey, Coke Zero, and the Dominic Foxworth Show. Our words of wisdom was from Audrey Lord. I am deliberate and afraid of nothing. What's going on? We talked about Mel Tucker at Michigan State, Judge Tanya Chutkin, and Donald Trump. American poverty rate for children. Holland area church that won't permit a grandmother's burial in the cemetery. Uh, we had Charday and DY, two students at Texas Southern today, talking about dating on campuses on HBCUs, and they gave some tips to some new students that will come to school next fall. Uh, the scenario was girl, uh, uh, girlfriend's husband cheating, and we did advice from the two. Uh, a brief affair. Uh, our little known black history fact was Flora Baston, Baston Bergen. All right. Uh, all hell no went to the baby in the freezer and we gave it up to HBCUs who are owed 13 billion. So, as always, 
Thank you, everybody, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always in parting, we wish you love, peace, and knowledge to feed your soul. Peace, y'all. See y'all next week.